Yes, you are in. Greetings from northern Minnesota. Yes, I'm back on the road. I'm in the land of 10,000 muzzles. Yes, I got muzzled. I got shut down. Uh, We'll get to the rest of that story. But for now, here is your play of the day. Your challenge of the day, if you will. Here you go. The play of the day. This is the play of the day. Check this out. Swung on and hit in the air to right. <laughs> and that ball is gone. And we just form enemies. Some of us all these enemies have become part of our identity. And you don't know what it's like to live without these people being enemies. Can you imagine being great friends with your in-laws? See, I thought you would laugh, but it seems so unfathomable that you're like, nah, that ain't even that ain't true. That's not it's not true. Okay. Can you imagine loving somebody who has a different political view than you? And this is what he's saying. Love your enemies, people that um, deep down inside, you know, you don't like for whatever reason. And then he's about to give us the solution to free us up. Here's what he says. I'm going to give us several points if you're taking notes this morning. If you want to know, Pastor, how do I set myself free from my enemies? Here you go. He gives us a list here. The scripture tells us. He lays it out. Here's what he says. Number one, do good to those who hate you. Do good. Uh, this this do good uh, means, it, it's. here's how you can paraphrase it. It's faith in action. It actually means do something for those who hate you. Do something for those who cannot stand you. Do something for them. You can even pick up the phone right now as I'm talking and say, I'm in church today. I'm praying for you. And now if, if someone sends it over here and it buzzes over here, then we're, we got more conversations we need to have because then we know y'all have some issues I need to take care of. Which leave your gift at the altar and go make it right with your brother as far as it is up to you. As far as it is up to you, do good to those who hate you. So, um, number one, how are you set free? Look for opportunities to good. Do good to those who hate you. Tomorrow, when you go in um, to the office and you cannot stand this person you always see, um, how about saying, hey, man, uh, I got you a coffee this morning. I was thinking about you. Doing good to those who hate you. Staff, if I get like eight coffees tomorrow, we're going to have a big issue. <laughs> but but it's literally, uh, my assistant here, Zena, do not bring me coffee tomorrow. Uh, but, but literally, it's, it's let me look for an opportunity to serve. Uh, think about that for just a minute. Now, I feel like there are levels of enemies. There are people that I just really don't like you, but I need to learn to love you. And then there are people like you have traumatized my life. I'm not telling you to go buy them coffee. But I'm telling you, when the Lord presents an opportunity for restoration, it's not going to be easy. I'm telling you right now, it's not going to be easy to love your enemies. It is one of the most difficult things we will ever have to do. If I can just be honest and real with you today. One of the most difficult things you will ever have to do is love your enemy, which is why you need the Holy Spirit because you cannot do it on your own. Let's be honest. You don't want to, do you? Can we just be honest? You don't want to. 
You want to see them hurt because of the way they hurt you. Guilty. Guilty right here. Oh, man. I, I, and some of that stuff you can't even laugh at, right? I'm, uh, been, I've talked about my road rage before. I've been working on it. I'm a work in progress, as you know. I do. I want to I get them back if they, do, if they do something wrong to me. And that's just the human in me. Right? That's why we need to strive for something bigger, bigger picture. Anyway, thank you, Dr. Noe Garcia. You can find more of him and that podcast. It's the North Phoenix Baptist Church the, titled uh, Love Your Enemies. And that was published on June 11th, 2023. Atheists, you're off the hook. You're not commanded to do this. Christians, you do have a higher calling. In fact, a super, ultimate, ultra, hard, challenging calling. Love your enemies? The ones that want to shut you down or hurt you? Maybe even take your life? Yes. It's one of the most counterintuitive, actually, instructions I, I think I've ever read in my life. Any lesson, right? Does that not go against everything that the world teaches you and just about any other religion that teaches you? It's definitely one of the unique things that sets uh, Christianity apart. But it's also, I, I would say, some of the things we do not very well when I speak generally of Christians. And let me just pick on myself then. If you want to check that, that's Matt 5, 43 through 45, to see more of uh, Jesus' words about loving and what we're supposed to do. And as Dr. Noe said, you don't have to hug it out if it's with someone that abused you or even worse. You know, restoration is a whole nother ballgame. But what he did was referring to, but if someone is coming to you generally remorseful, and regretful and begging for forgiveness, that's going to be a major challenge. For trust must be earned, though, over time. And choosing to say, God, this is between you now and my offender, then I pray that offender makes it right with you, that's another level. And that is choosing love. And choosing love over the, the slavery of chains and, and grudges uh, not carrying that person you disdain wherever you go. For If you do carry that person wherever you go, I don't think most people think about that. If, you, if you're talking about that person or thinking about that person that hurt you wherever you go, I, that's just it's foolish. However, it's human. We all do it. Um, now, before we get too deep on this, I want to be very clear as I share this muzzle story with you. I, I don't see my family as enemies. Uh, not even my in-laws. I love them all very much. However, we do think very differently at times. Um, in fact, my brother-in-law, Jonathan, he is an atheist. But we've gotten along really well for many years. Uh, we just naturally are goofy. We naturally just have a lot of fun. We've, we've, we've created a lot of fun for others. We, we just we love to have fun. I think that's the simplest way to put it. Put it. So when we can strip away politics and if we can if we can strip away um religion uh you know that's obviously an issue and, and a challenge because i want to shine light and of course he wants to 
share how he feels. But we will you know, once in a while we'll bump my heads, but overall we do get along, and I do. I still love him very much. Hopefully, he still loves me, and he's still one of my favorite people on this earth. I, I he is a brother. Well, he's a brother-in-law, but he's a brother to me. And some of you probably judge me for that, like I'm supposed to kick him to the curb because he doesn't believe exactly like I do. But I'm not giving up on him. I love him, and I'll love him until the day I die. Same thing with my other brother-in-law, Chatty. I will. I'll just keep going. And we've just we we've had a ton of laughs over the years, and it is kind of hinted before. If we're not careful, and if you're not careful, by the way, with the ones that you love. Our differences can and will create a great divide. And just like many families and marriages for that matter, uh, especially with social media and algorithms uh, just fueling uh, what we want to be fed and exactly what we want to be fed, what we want to hear, that does kind of warp the mind. So when we run into opposition, that creates even hotter friction. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. This person's going against what I, I think, what I believe, and what I'm hearing all the time, what I'm reading all the time, and what my news is feeding me all the time. So definitely that friction. I've just noticed it's been more. There's way more friction. There's, It seems like a greater divide. Maybe it's all the same. Maybe nothing's changed. I don't know. Okay, the muzzle story. So what went down? Over coffee, over the 4th of July holiday weekend, Somehow, some way, Lori and my uh, California couples group came up. We uh, call ourselves Coachella Couples for Christ. Um, you can imagine already with that name, depending on how you believe or don't believe, that can already create uh, putting the guards up. And we have some amazing testimonies out of this group. And we were really just trying to explain, wow, we have a lot of range. This group is one of the most diverse, powerful groups I've ever been a part of. I've definitely has got me outside my comfort zone and has, they've grown me a ton already. Thanks be to God. And a lot of range for back in, in Minnesota, our groups were pretty similar. We all looked alike. We we all, well, most of us had massive homes, not, not me particularly, but uh, the group definitely. The three-car garages and extra lake homes to escape to. Um, and that, that that's not a knock on them. I'm just saying financially, they had life a lot easier. And pause right there. A good reminder to revisit My Dirt published in the summer of 2020. If you want, you can dig back and go back and find that. Since then, I've shed a lot of debt and weight, yet I still carry and as stayed before, I'm not out of the woods yet. Still? Still. So just shows you how deep I went. So I owe, I owe, off to work I go. I need to pay the tax man, among others. So if you're new to this, uh, the podcast theme holds true. Getting real and pursuing truth. And I just, hey, listen, if I ever just, if I can't seem to quite get this right, I just want to be on the record of knowing Oh, another you know hypocrite. No, I, the Bible's clear. If you're in debt, you're slave to the lender. And what Caesar's, you are to pay to Caesar's. That's clear as day. Just know I, I didn't do a good job following that. So 
part of being a Christian is repenting and, and declaring and confessing. So I just want to be really clear on that. So anyway, as we change gears, let me go back to getting muzzled myself. Yeah, we, we don't gather because we think we're perfect. We gather to navigate our imperfections. That's that's the purpose of a Christianity group. Okay, back to family time. As we discussed, a Coachella couples group comes up, and Brother James from Compton comes up. This dude is amazing. I'm I'm still chasing him. He's truly redemption story. Uh, he has an amazing story and light to shine, I believe. And uh, I think the enemy has been playing him a little bit too of wanting to keep him muzzled. But maybe this is it. Maybe this is the message that finally would be the catalyst for him to listen to and then finally step up and share his story because I was defending him. I, I was sharing with him. I'll fact check this too. Hopefully I got this right. Growing up in South Central Los Angeles, he got caught like many others and gang banging and drug slinging and we all can find our trouble wherever we grow up. That's where he was raised. And like I said, I'm still hoping to tell a story someday. So we'll get, we'll get the actual story down. Anyway, Lori and I were just talking about how we just admired this group and James, his story, at least through my eyes is once upon a time, because of his dealings and not following the book, you know, he ended up San Quentin, San Quentin prison, that infamous prison, not once, but twice. And as he's being refined there, he found the Lord and he met his wife, well, his future wife, our dear sister in Christ, Kathy, who said, I'm not going to marry him, <laughs> but God said he, she, he, she was. So wherever you're at on that spectrum of belief, that's part of their story. And they, I, we're catching them 20 years later. So break sound. That's where we were. And then Jonathan chimes in. No politics, no religion, no politics, no religion. Now, if that was my rule, I should be good with it. In fact, really, it's, it's not a bad rule overall. For that rule has saved many of Thanksgiving's. You get what I'm saying? The Democrats versus the Republicans. And you can imagine, I'm sure some of you experienced it. However, <laughs> here's where my vent. It's not fair. It's not fair. We just happened to cover as a family earlier in the trip. We talked about Tammy Faye Baker in the hypocrisy. And you need to be old enough to understand that. If not, Google it. It was also a recent HBO or it's a movie and it's been on HBO, I think. We talked about the Hillsong documentary and the controversy surrounding Hillsong, for anyone who's familiar with that. Then we talked about a, a town named Prinsburg, which is not too far, uh, this area from here, um, where some select folks declared it an abortion-free zone, although there are no abortion clinics. So it was kind of some grandstanding, and it was a publicity grab. So that wasn't quite too popular within the family conversations. You see where it was going at least in my mind. Maybe I was just getting on the defensive. And uh, it, it, listen, it's, it's easy, right? In other words, it, it, it's fair game going after hypocrisy in the flaws of perceived, not just perceived, perceived flaws, actual flaws of Christians. Now pause again. 
Make no mistake, churches are boats with holes. You've said, you've heard me say that many times. In fact, that came from Father Kevin, who married us over 28 years ago. Lord knows Catholic Church has got a ton of holes in it. Uh, but it's really any church, and any family for that matter. When you put flawed people together, Romans 3.23 says we're all flawed, you will have flaws and friction. <laughs> Simply look at the 12 disciples that were actually with Jesus. They rolled on each other. They got on each other's skins. They, they butted heads. They were looking for power position, who was ranked where, right? And one even ultimately betrayed Jesus and handed him over to the enemy. So whether you believe in the Bible or not, it does not sugarcoat. So back to the muzzle. Now we muzzle. <laughs> we finally, we get to a, a, an actual success story, a positive story, a positive story of Jesus and heart change. And that gets shut down. And needless to say, think about my road rage, folks. I did get briefly angry. I did. I huffed and I puffed a bit. I walked away. Although, then I thought about it and I just finally decompressed. We shouldn't be surprised. And I've said this before about people getting so frustrated about the world and the news and uh, the way things have been going. And I said, you know, hey, do we want the Bible to be correct? If we do want the Bible to be correct, just read Revelation. Trippy book, but just read the way the direction it goes, the way the wind's blowing. Read 1 Peter and 2 Peter. Just look where the wind's blowing. That's exactly what it says will happen. Again, I'm painting some broad strokes. Just read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's exactly people getting muzzled. People being mocked. Check Matt 5.11. But here's what I did. I prayed. I prayed. Multiple lifts. And then now, remembering what I've read, being reminded to be slow to speak, slow to get angry, I got reset. And we rallied. So here's a, here's a deeper social take. This family in particular leans very heavy blue, a.k.a. Democrat. And it's interesting, this summer, this is the summer of friction, I think, maybe in a good way and in a healthy way. If you go back a few episodes, listen to my beloved cousin, Wado, who I love dearly. This was discussed a few episodes ago. And side note, he is game to get on this podcast. So stay tuned. I will lovingly welcome him. And he'll air some of these more points. And truth here too, I I do see him and Jonathan making a good pair. And I do hear and see the hypocrisy that they vent about, what we'll just call hypocristians. Now here's another counterpoint. This is maybe this will tee it up for the response. But here's what here when I thought about it a bit more, I said, ah. Okay, do we really care? Actually, I picked on the Republicans before, I'll pick on the Democrats. Do we really care about black lives? I'm serious about that question. Do you really want social justice? What if a black life disagrees with you and where you think government should line up? I don't 
by the way, I don't see them treated very well. Uh, do we really want equality? Do we really want to end the school to prison pipeline? End systemic racism or just racism? And those questions seem rhetorical, yet why shut down Brother James and Sister Kathy's story? For James is stronger and more content than ever. He is more empowered and freer than ever. And there is something to Jesus. He does change lives for the better. At least this life for sure. Well, no, any life. Any life that really truly grasps him. But we'll get to that counterpoint. So much so that Brother James serves and encourages the young men at Juvenile Hall in Indio, California, twice per week. And I think he's been doing it for 10 years. Talk about community service. And who could be better equipped to do that job and teach those youth than someone like James, who was like, I went this direction. I went the direction you're going. And this is where I ended up. But this is the truth. This is what set me free. This is where to go. So which direction do you really want society to go? Or does it just have to be your way? Right? So here we go. Truth, if we truly followed Jesus' teachings, there would be no mass shootings. There would be no racism. We would better share and serve the poor. We could solve a lot. Check Matt 22, 36 through 40. And yes, I've stated before, many, many will and will continue to reject that solution. Even with actual success stories. Shut it down. Don't want to hear it. Yet there is a catch. And I guarantee it, this is where Jonathan Wado will go. So I'm just calling the shot right now. What they'll ask is, and Wado already did, but just you haven't heard his actual voice yet. I was uh, speaking for him. So he'll get to set the straight too. If you truly believe in above, listener, meaning in Jesus, why do some of you act in a certain way? And what they mean is the pomp, there's a lot of pompous, confident, cocky, uh, looking down on people is, is the feedback I've been hearing. And they do have a point. And that has been discussed. It was discussed during the Fringe series uh, several years ago, led by uh, Vaquero Guapo, the, the poet. So again, this is another call, not just to love on your enemies, but to better represent and shine light. So where, where do we go from here? Be prepared to share your story and why you have hope. That's 1 Peter 3.15. Oh, and like I said, we'll give Wado and Jonathan their shot to retort and rebut if they're up for it. And then, but when you do share, you know, if you're passionate about Christ and love, then be prepared to be mocked. But instead of getting angry, simply know you're in good company, right? I mean, think about it. Think about the group you're in with now when that happens. Jesus' words, not mine. Keep loving. For this time on this broken planet is temporary. Well, I'm paraphrasing now, right? Someday 
we will all know the truth, every single one of us. And what it says in Philippians 2, 10 through 11, every knee will bow, every single knee. So you got to think about the end game. So you may lose debates while on this broken planet. You will not lose in the end if you truly embrace Romans 8, 1. For there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Your choice. Now go love serve.